0: Welcome to the Quantum Growth Podcast, empowering financial advisors to build practices for the 21st century by providing insights and interviews on leadership, strategy, and practice management. Now here are your co-hosts, Shenandoah Connor and Barron's Hall of Fame top advisor, Jonathan Cutton. Welcome everyone to the Quantum Growth for Financial Advisors podcast. We have an exciting, interview today for you i'm going to go ahead and pitch it over to john since this is somebody he knows very well and let john introduce our guest john say hi hey
1: everyone thanks shenandoah hey super excited uh to be here spring has begun to sort of sp- sprung a little bit would that be the right word sprung spring you spring know has I mean.
0: sprung yes spring i think Spring has
1: it. yeah sort of sprung i guess not quite yet but some uh glimpses of hope here. Um, in all honesty, I have what's become a real good friend of mine and someone, uh, it pain me, pains me to say this a little bit, but that I think is, uh, is, is one of the best thought leaders in the financial services space, a strategic thinker and someone who can truly help advisors create quantum growth within their businesses. So, Um, I would like to introduce a a good friend and someone I have the utmost respect for, Jonathan Manella, uh, who is CEO of, is it Edge Strategy? What's the name of that firm these days?
2: Someone wants to look at my tax returns, Edge Strategy Group. um, The website's edgepartner.com. So we we do refer to ourselves as Edge Partner. Um, We've got a number of businesses, but it's all good.
1: Well, great. Well, Jonathan, hey, thanks for being here. Sometimes I call him Jonathan, sometimes I'll call him Manella. but uh, I'm really excited to have you here. So, you know, uh, Manila, just to kind of kick things off, what would be really helpful is maybe you can just share with our audience um, just a little bit about how you got here to Edge, a little bit about your career path, um, and then we can kind of take it from there.
2: Yeah, sure. So, you know, i uh- sort of like you, I'm, you know, 47. So, you know, entering a a quarter century into my professional life, we um, started out as a financial advisor, um, spent the first decade or so, um, you know, always had tremendous skill set in opening accounts and raising assets and sort of doing business development and engaging sort of wealthy folks in investment opportunities you know I was never overly passionate about the kind of what happens after that in terms of the you know managing of the relationship um, so I, I built a couple of successful practices um, and you know sort of after 9/11 uh, I had an international focused practice so um, that became very challenging and I kind of moved away and kind of tripped and really just fell into the recruiting space and you know, we've maintained um, activity uh, doing recruiting work in, in the space and really covered um, every facet of uh, opportunities for financial advisors to land their practice, whether it's you know direct work with the custodians or you know some of the aggregators early on in their existence. Uh, Morgan Stanley in the sort of big bank brokerage world. Um, and about nine years ago, We saw a really interesting opportunity and need in the industry. Um, There's really just an insatiable appetite for uh, financial advisors to think about different ways to grow and scale their practice beyond client acquisition. Um, And so we kind of went into the market with a practice acquisition, advisor recruiting, this sort of inorganic growth concept. And um, we've been sort of navigating working with probably almost 50 businesses over the last decade to support them in in different capacities. Today, we've kind of landed with this um, overarching growth strategy, scalability, expansion, valuation, creation. Um, We've got a terrific team. There's actually nine of us that are working full time to support this business. We're based in Westport. Connecticut, and um, you know we're we're you know we really show up to work every day, and we think about um, you know what can we do to support a business to think about different ways that they can scale beyond what they're currently doing, and it's it's a lot of the things that you talk about. So it's tapping into centers of influence, accessing CPA kind of relationships. It's it's inorganic growth. It's practice acquisition. It's advisor recruiting. It's making sure you have a business that can support all of that kind of activity from a technology standpoint. Um, and what we do, I think that's unique and differentiated is we're not advising, right? We, we advise on it, but we sort of take action ourselves to um, give businesses the opportunity to leverage our operating team that does this every day, that has the intellectual capital, knows how to do it, and, and we bring sort of the horsepower and we take these ideas and we execute them.
1: Yeah, extremely well said, Manella. And, um, you know, the last word you said um, is how I describe you to people. You use the word execute. And I think um, one of the things that I think you are uh, as good as I've seen at is actually executing on a growth strategy uh, and thesis. So, you know, for the listeners, I think a lot of you know, um, you know, I, I put a lot of uh, my kind of time and energy into building my financial services business, really kind of putting on the CEO hat, right? And trying to not spend so, so much time working in the business but spending more time working on the business um, and how to actually scale and grow a business. So, you know, looking at some of your material and the words you use, Manella, you talked about scalability, expansion and growth, right? And I think that's kind of an interesting order uh, to talk through things a little bit um, because I think you know in, in those three words lies a lot of what you do and I think you've made something that's quite complex, kind of simple by thinking through those three words. So you know, why don't we talk about scalability a little bit right? So if I'm an advisor listening in and you know and, and, and I think by the way to the listeners, um, someone like Jonathan,s firm, really helps best a firm that's got a really big appetite to grow, right? So a firm that might be a couple of million or or so in revenue, a million, two million, three million, five million, that wants to get to a billion of AUM, two billion of AUM, um, and doesn't know exactly how to ultimately do it. So my question for you would be when you think about scalability, what does that mean? What does an advisor need to do before they're ready to go from call it a couple of million a year in revenue to you know, significantly more.
2: Yeah, no, I appreciate that. So I think there's I think there's like three components that are must have. So you, you've got to have um, operational uh, leverage. You know, you think about sort of how you've invested in your practice over the last couple of years, right? A lot of the investments you've made is in, in bringing in people, right, that are supporting your ability to, to operate the business. Um, so you need, you need operational leverage. You need infrastructural sort of upgrades. So, you know, you could have um, a practice that's at, you know, some of the independent firms, uh, businesses like yours at, at Ameriprise are, you know, leveraging the technology that they sort of bring to bear. Um, and so the, you, there's pros and cons, right, that, that come with that. Um, in the RIA space, there's um, pros and cons in being able to, there's a little bit more you have to do to sort of build a, a technology stack that um, is tailored and customized to things that you're trying to do. Um, so you you need operational leverage, you need um, infrastructure and, and really human capital. Um, you, you need the intellectual capital, you need the man hours. There's just no getting around it, I think. You know, that's the piece to me, really, it's the human capital, it's the man hours to perform and execute on the vision. That is, is what makes it possible for businesses to get to a billion dollars or $2 billion and differentiates the practitioner who is a solo practitioner or a couple of advisors with a couple of support people that wanna take this thing to a billion. And if, if, you know, if they're missing something, The piece they're missing is that there's just no way to scale your time you know these are people that are working full-time as it is and so where are they getting the capacity from um i i would say to you you know we do talk to a lot of those people there's a lot more of those people than there are the, the the folks that have these large practices and i would really encourage people as we think about the decade to come and the transformation that we're seeing in the industry, you know, these folks need to think about partnering with businesses like yours that have made the investments to scale, or other businesses that they feel some alignment with, and you know, like connectivity to. Because um, if their passion is there to do it, it does take a lot of time, and it does take a lot of effort and cost and commitment to really build it. I mean, you, I've, I've, I've sort of watched you build your business now for a decade. Um, it takes it takes time. What I think we do that's unique is is we have a team that has that expertise, and so you know we can often take a business from you know four or five hundred million to a billion pretty easily just by leveraging our team, and and we would only be cannibalizing a small percentage really of our our utilization. So I think that's the idea um, that we're trying to to achieve, but. Listen, if someone's heart is, is into growing, they either need to be ready to invest money in people or they need to get with a business that they're aligned with um, and make it happen.
1: Yeah, I love it. So, um, I mean, the big thing I'm hearing there, Manella, and um, I think you're spot on by the way, is human capital, right? Having the right people, um, investment in technology to create systems and process, and I'm assuming another piece that I don't think you hit, but I know we've talked about before is kind of that client experience, right? The process of how to actually deliver not through you necessarily, uh, but through a team, a kind of repeatable process that's a little bit of a, a differentiator as a client experience. And you know, I could just say firsthand, you know, Jonathan's been helpful in helping me uh, bring some key people uh, into the organization as well. Um, which it it really is about being set to scale. So, you know, if I'm an advisor, and I feel like I'm either there, right, that I've got those systems, I've got those processes, right, I run a nice operation, it's more of a business, uh, more of a practice, right, than it is a business, meaning it's me as the advisor, as you said, maybe one or two juniors that are helping. And I want to get to that next level. And I want to, expand to use your words right Scalability, expansion and growth. Um, talk a little bit about um, if you don't mind how someone engages right with a firm like yours because I think what you do is really interesting and different in that if I'm you know if I understand it correctly, most advisors have such a hard time going from practitioner to CEO and they're kind of like this dog chasing its tail. They want to grow, they want to expand, but they're so busy being an advisor that they don't necessarily have the time to do it. And weeks go by, which turns into months and quarters and years, et cetera. Um, I feel like a big part of what your firm does is allows that advisor to kind of outsource, would be the word I would use. I don't know if you would agree, but some of those expansion plans. So maybe you can just talk a little bit about kind of how you do that And, you know, kind of maybe some examples of how you help businesses grow without maybe using particular names, et cetera.
2: Yeah, so um, look, you know, the the industry at at a foundational level is really still, even with some of the larger businesses, you know, kind of mom and pop in in that each business is sort of unique and it's differentiated and everyone's got their own vision. And so there's always this, this sort of constant tailoring and customization Um, And so because of that, sometimes you got to, you know, look to take a small bite of the apple just to kind of get a foot in the door to really kind of understand what someone's doing. You could have a conversation or two or three, but, you know, people could put on a good front. Um, You need to kind of get into the weeds a little bit, three, six months in. And so we're open to sort of exploring and kind of we like to out of the gate a little bit of a consulting kind of relationship where we're identifying particular projects that seem to be on someone's mind and um, we would do that for six months or or nine months or a year. Um, Ultimately, the the idea for us is we're looking to create partnerships. We're um, looking to sort of create equity for ourselves um, alongside um, these business owners. We know the results of what we're doing are creating tangible financial annuitized benefit revenue streams and real equity value that expand multiples and help people think about different ways to monetizing their practices. And so, you know, it doesn't really make sense to do all that work just on a consulting basis. But um, so I don't know if that answers that question, but it, we, we would sort of look at it. I mean, we're, we're open. Um, the small bite of the apple concept, I find, is, is, is a healthier way sort of for everyone to get a foot in the door. In terms of, you know, how we do this, what's, what's interesting is by the time if if someone finds us, like you have a listener out there, and, and this is sort of resonating with them, what typically is happening, and you've you've come across this with colleagues of yours that, you know, they, they've had opportunities, right? They're talking to a CPA firm, they're trying to make it happen. They've got those connections. It's not materializing the way they want. They've got a couple of practices they've been talking to. They're looking to make an acquisition. It's just not happening. They're talking to an advisor. It's, they want to bring the guy in, and I don't know. They don't know. It's just, it's not happening. So, typically, what I find is people have, you know, in the sandbox around them, some really interesting centers of influence and opportunities that exist that they're just not getting close. And um, it's not always overly complicated. I, I think about that as first, like, you know, this sort of um, horizontal. Um, expansion, right? Let's see what's going on around these people in terms of, I think about it as centers of influence, but it's business opportunities and connectivity they had. And we want to sort of jump in on that. Typically, someone's looking to hire us to do that anyway, right? If, if you think about why they're talking to us, they're they're front and center with those, those bullet points right out of the gate. There's a business um, that we partnered with about 18 months ago that really checked a lot of these um, similar boxes. There was an acquisition opportunity a CPA situation. So over the course of sixteen months, we um, so we did some consulting work. Then we made an investment of our own capital into the business. Um, we we took a minority stake. Then we um, got the acquisition deal closed, which was you know a hundred miles away. There was a CPA firm. We got that deal closed. And all along the way, as you're sort of like negotiating these things, you know, they take three months, six months, nine months. We're we're building sort of a long term vision for the business to be able to support all of these events that are happening. So we're bringing in new CRM systems, we're reestablishing, um, you know, technology and vendor providers. Our team is then sort of integrating. I mean, a CRM data migration is an absolute bear for a business to tackle their, you know, and it could be very expensive and typically doesn't really work very well. So we're we're building the foundation that the business can support this activity. And we know we're gonna sort of start to tackle the CPA clients and there's 200 small business owners and how are we marketing to that? So we bring in the marketing people, we come up with the value statement, we start looking at the website, we start cleaning all that stuff up. Um, you know, one of the things that we are we've been finding opportunities on that are that we're very focused on, I think is very interesting, is we've launched that we launched an asset management company alongside this wealth management firm because what we recognized was they were delivering models that the underlying expenses were 50, 60, 70 basis points. It was fine. They were doing their you know, quarterly um, rebalancing and making the adjustments, it was professionally done. Um, But what we were able to do was go out and hire a chief investment officer, which added a whole new level of intellectual capital and thought leadership and expertise to the core team. We were able to deliver those same kinds of investments to the end client at half the cost. We were able to capture that revenue. So on a $400 million business, you're bringing in over a million two of additional revenue. You build a new business that now provides a different way for that entity to go into the marketplace and partner with other financial advisors through an asset management offering. And we're talking to them about launching an ETF that really sort of marries up with some of the strategies that they have in place. So all of these sort of moving pieces, this business couldn't even fathom, right? Tackling this stuff over 18 to 24 months and all of these initiatives, you know, are moving forward for the mutual benefit of, of our, our firm and theirs.
1: Yeah, no, well well said. And like me, you go deep into things, which I love, by the way. Um, so I heard like, you know, a half dozen things that I want to just reiterate, right? So one of them is, um, it sounds like really what your process is, you call it kind of trying to take a small bite of the apple, right? So what you do in many cases is you find a firm that checks those boxes or a firm finds you, I guess, that really... Uh, wants to grow um, might need a growth partner uh, who's got the resources to execute, and you kind of come in and say, "Hey, let's date for a little while, right? Let, let me become a consulting partner of yours, get under the hood, see what type of, of issues there are, really get the feel the business a little bit, um, and then there's usually, and I couldn't agree with you more, Manella, underlying opportunities within that business." That the advisor wasn't able to monetize him or herself right so a, a cpa firm that we've tried to work with a buddy who we were trying to acquire every time i've acquired a business not every time but many times um, we get in there and the some of the, the biggest value is actually my firm's know-how on how to then take some of the opportunities they've had and not know how to monetize uh, and actually monetize them so you bring that kind of leverage, right, uh, to get that deal closed. I almost think of you as the great Mariano uh, Rivera, right? Kind of, you know, go to the bullpen um, and actually help close uh, the game, so to speak. So I think from a process perspective, just a quick check-in, is that pretty much directionally right? Would you
2: agree with that? Yeah, know I appreciate the, the reference. I, I, we actually, you know, had a specific offering um, in the marketplace to do exactly that we're sort of an approved vendor on the different custodians to just like help someone close a deal. Um, you know, so, so, so y- yes, but we re- really, um, you know, I, I think when I think about our business today, it, it's a lot more of the other stuff where we're identifying all of these other opportunities. And you're exactly right. I would say it always is the case. It's not sometimes the case. It's always the case. And if it's not the case that a person doesn't have opportunities around them, what that speaks to is this is a person who's really not in the marketplace at all doing anything, in which case I'll find no alignment at all, right, to even want to really move forward in the conversation. So someone's heart has to be into wanting this to happen. They have to have some vision on their own, which by definition means they've taken some action on their own, they just need the help. Um, and so if, if that doesn't exist, if I can't see that right away, and, and I often could see it right away just by asking some basic questions, then I don't know that that's really a person that I'm looking to invest a lot of time with for the most part. Um, but I, look, most of the folks that we talk to, that that's the case. And listen, I'm, I'm sort of often guilty of the same thing. How many times I've asked my wife, Where's my belt? Where's my sweater? You know, where's the milk? And she, you know, as she's like on the phone with like a kid in the hand comes right over, like the milk is right here in front of your face. What's wrong with you? I mean, we're all sort of subject to that a a little bit with our own businesses and our own stuff. And, you know, we don't always see things that are right in front of our face.
0: No, absolutely. I think it's important to bring that, you know, that objective third-party view into any equation. But I think you made a really good point. A lot of times advisors have the opportunities in front of them. Um, And I like that you start with that scalability first, because what I've experienced is it's usually a capacity issue. It's not so much that they don't have enough opportunities or that there's not enough opportunity in the marketplace, but it's really, are you actually able to capture and maximize those opportunities? Um, whether it's an acquisition, whether it's organic growth even, um, but especially if you're suddenly going to add 50 to 200 clients overnight, are you really ready for that? Or if you're going to do an aggressive partnership with a CPA, are you really ready for that? Um, So I think that's a really great point. And kind of along those lines, um, you know, again, you're going to come in and some, there are some differences from practice to practice, but is there a when you walk in this needs to happen first and then this and then this just from a tactical standpoint if an advisor's sitting there thinking where do i need to start preparing for growth what what might that look like
2: well again I, I think if someone's thinking about preparing for growth i think the first thing i would look at is what are the opportunities that that i have around me i mean whether it's sort of even in our recruiting business right we're we're sort of we come into work and I get open my CRM and we're looking at our opportunities and I have them sort of ranked and, you know, whether there's I'm moving them to inactive and active. And so someone has to be able to track all the, all the stuff they have going on and be able to identify, okay, these are the top three, four, five best opportunities I have, whether uh, on the client acquisition side. I mean, I don't know that that would be an area that we would look to focus on. So there would have to be something outside of strictly, Pursuing new individual relationships for us to sort of start to make sense, um, and I think if with what we're talking about here in general, so I'll put that on the side. It's it's being able to identify, okay, these are my centers of influence. This is where I have opportunities. This is where I have connectivity. I don't know that I even have the time to really attack all this stuff, but this could be worth 100 million, 200 million, 300 million dollars to my practice okay, th- that's where a team like ours could come in and see what that is, understand what it is, figure out how to uh, how to attack it, approach it, and then understand the limitations that a business might have, whether it's people, technology, or whatever, that's going to prevent them from being competitive, right, and offer a good value statement to win that piece of business.
1: Yeah, well said, Manila. Um... <laughs> You know, we, you were on a tear before, and um, I, I hit a piece of it, right? Which was sort of, you know, to kind of go back, we kind of start with that consulting engagement, take a bite of the apple, so to speak, uh, which I think makes a lot of sense, right? And then you, you said something that I wanted to drill down on a little bit uh, better, and it's it's uh, it's super smart, and I think one of one of the things that advisors have a hard time understanding the value that someone like Edge could actually create for their business. And I've taken the time to really understand what you do and it's become clear to me, right? So, you know, we talked about deals, right? And you being Mariano Rivera and all that, right? Um, you, You talked about the asset management business that you've built out, right? And actually being able to bring in some really talented, uh, folks who m- can manage money and being able to kind of strip away, as I would call it, some of the embedded cost, right, for a RIA or an independent advisor who might do that in-house, right? Maybe you could talk a little bit more about that because I think before you talked about maybe saving 30, 40, 50 basis points. And I think about that, and you know, so many advisors are just focused on how do I bring more assets in, more clients, more, more, more? And they're not necessarily looking inside the business to drive more EBITDA, right? Or more EBAC within their actual practice. So would you talk to that a little bit and maybe drill down?
2: Yeah, I, I'd say that's one of the areas in the last two years or three years that um, we're, we're the most excited about where we see really... A lot of opportunity in the marketplace. And we've added a few guys to our team specifically just in the last six months that have expertise um, in this area in terms of just loss of launching asset management companies, la- launching ETFs. So look, I, I I think if if you are going to be a competitive business and you want to be a destination place for other advisors, for CPAs, for Individuals, right? And you you want to find a way to differentiate. Um, Doing financial planning and being a really good financial planner in 2021 and over the next five years, I don't know that that's differentiating. Being able to articulate a narrative around a unique, tailored, custom-type investment solution that you could bring to bear for an end client that will cost them less and be more tax efficient, more transparent and really um, is is unique to your business and bringing an individual to deliver that level of intellectual capital and sit at the table with you and your client the same way you would with your planner and your estate person and your lawyer. um, I think that's a big opportunity to be a destination for financial advisors and sort of do this inorganic growth. But beyond that, I think it creates a second revenue stream, right? Because now they're not just joining your practice and you're not just taking 10 or 15 points override as an investment advisory rep on that advisor, but you're taking over their portfolio management, investment management solutions, providing something better for their end client and picking up maybe 30, 35 basis points for running those investments, which creates so much margin. Listen, this is not sort of new or unique to us. We recognize that some of the bigger firms that have been successful over the last five years have gotten in front of this, have also recognized this. But, you know, as you're a hundred million, 200 million, 250, $300 million firm thinking about going to a billion, I think that's, I'd be looking to play there and, and you know, that's sort of typically a good next step because typically you're able to create enough revenue on, the, on, on this asset management entity. You could then use that money to hire a chief investment officer. And I don't mean, get it, I mean getting a top-notch guy or gal, right? To support that part of your business and, and you know, you're creating three, 400,000 of cash flow, by the way, those businesses trade at a higher multiple in the marketplace than your wealth management firm will. And so the combination of those things add a higher turn of EBITDA on your business. So when we think about value creation, uh, you know, I, th- I think that's, that's a big part of, of what we're always looking for um, with folks and is, is a good way of awesome, often for us to get pregnant with a business without maybe having to have them sell a piece of their existing business for us. And we'll take sort of partnership in that and look to scale around that with them, so.
1: Yeah, one of the folks I find myself, Manella, and by the way, all that resonates as you already know really well. Um, One of the folks that I find myself quoting a lot um, of late uh, is Dan Sullivan, right? The strategic coach. And I keep talking about, um, and I highly recommend everyone go order this book and read it if you haven't. Uh, Dan Sullivan wrote a book recently called who not how right and you know it's a really simple concept you know back in the day we called it delegation but for some reason the way it's called who not how it's actually how Dan tells the story I listened to one of his podcasts and he talks about how he always talked about delegate 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 at some point he came up with this concept of who not how and then every one of his coaching clients was like that's brilliant Same concept, right? Delegation's been around forever. But really, as you're talking, all that keeps ringing through my brain is vanilla and edge is the who, right? To create inorganic growth strategies, systems and processes, outsourced wealth management potentially. And if you're an advisor looking to scale your business, you're talking to, you know, from my perspective, I've done a lot of this on my own over the years, right? It's really expensive to do that. It's really time consuming. You really need to understand a lot of things and you make a lot of mistakes along the way, trying to figure out how, right. And it, you know, it's becoming clear to me that collaborating with a firm like yours, in essence, you don't have to worry about how to do all those things. You turn it over and you say, here's what I'm trying to do. And, and, you know, Manella and company and your nine folks I think you said you become the who who then goes and executes and kind of puts these things in place and you've had success and experience in doing it with other firms so there's not a question there, but maybe you can just comment uh, Jonathan
2: is that kind of how you look at it, where you become that growth officer almost. Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, it's it's not too dissimilar to why you know a hundred, hundred fifty million dollar practice that you might be talking to should be thinking about partnering with you and and your team. I mean, you you give them so much opportunity to create leverage off of money that you've already spent and capacity that you've created um, for them to take things to a next level. You know, I think that. Three, again, I kind of go back to that three hundred to six hundred million to go to a billion, a billion and a half, or two billion. I, I do. I think at three four hundred million, it's really tough to get the necessary money on the table to make the investments to find the time. You know, business maybe that that gets to a billion and a half or is at a billion and a half or whatever. However, they got there. Maybe now there's the money and the and the CEO who's not coming in thinking about you know, clients ever. And, you know, they've got the semblance of a team. Okay, maybe, you know, they're sort of on their way. I I think we could add value there, but for sure in that three, four, $500 million space, and they want to get to a billion, listen, they're they're going to be um, going for, you know, five to 10 years to do something that with us, they might be able to get done in two.
1: Yeah, spot on. And, And, you know, I tell people a lot lately, It took me 21 or 22 years to get to a billion, and it took me four to break the $3 billion barrier, right? Which is amazing, Um, and it's that first word, scalability, right? So, you know, this is guys, and I get super excited, as everybody knows, when things kind of click for me a little bit, right? But, you know, I meet, coach, buy, have so much interaction with so many advisors, and Most advisors, most really successful advisors, right? That that the industry would define as successful, which I think Jonathan are the folks that you work with, right? Are a couple of million dollar a year revenue businesses, right? One to 5 million is a a really good business, right? And, you know, the work that it took to get to one to 5 million, or maybe it's more like probably 2 million plus in my belief system really, it's just way different work than it takes to get from $2 million or $3 million or $4 million to a $10 million a year business or a billion dollar a year from three four 400000000 million to a billion plus, right? It's different work. And what's interesting is no one gives you the steps of what to do. No one teaches you how to do it. And for so many advisors, it's not their skill set. Right. They know how to be a good advisor, work with clients, do a great job, give them a great experience, get referrals, decent job of managing money, right? Build a couple of relationships, recruit a couple of people in, but they don't know how to make it a destination for others or how to monetize COI relationships, so on, et cetera. So I share that. It's probably very easy for people to see that, but you know. I think there are so many advisors out there or or what I would call unconsciously incompetent, meaning they are not even aware of what they don't know. And the things that got them to where they are are not the same things that will get them elsewhere, right? And I think that's your niche, Mahela, as I see it at least, that you take that really smart advisor who's built a great business and on the surface is a amazing success in the financial services industry, because you know a couple of hundred million bucks or a few hundred million bucks in the real world is a really, really successful business. And you teach them how to go think differently and execute differently on things that are gonna create serious scale, expansion, uh, equity value, so on, et cetera. So I'd like to just shift gears a little bit. Sorry, I got a little excited there, but when things become clear to me, I wanna, I wanna show that excitement so someone listening right now goes, yeah, that's me. I'm doing three million. I don't know how to get to ten million, and I need a who. And that's what I think you are, is you're a who. Um, and that person doesn't know how. I Feel like I'm uh, doing a little, uh, you know, like child's uh, book here with who's and hows. But uh, with all that being said, Manila, so how does that work, right? So I engage you, right? I'm a, you know, two, three, $4 million a year producer. I got an RIA. I grew up in a wirehouse maybe, right? I exited the wirehouse started my own RIA. I figured all that out. My clients, you know, followed me. I'm now doing 3 million a year in revenue. I got a couple of advisors. I'm set up pretty good. I'm making a lot of money and I wanna grow, right? I bring you in step one. We go, great, small bite of the apple you're gonna now um, you know, be my consultant for a little bit. You get in, I like you, I think you're smart, we're starting to do some stuff, right? And you talked about sort of what I would call this partnership opportunity, right? Maybe you could just help me better understand and the group that's listening in better understand, like what
2: does that mean? Yeah, sure. So let me just go back, you, you, you said something and then you, you pivoted a little bit to something that I think is more correct. I actually think that so people listening to this, I think it's easy for them to see themselves in terms of who they are. I think it's really not easy or it, I think it's quite difficult for someone to see thinking about taking their business to the next level in a different way than what's got them to where they are today, right? The the idea of client acquisition, this B2C approach and what makes me really good is a totally different skill set and totally different mindset than more of a B2B approach and focus on building your business. I, I think those are not always the same people, even within the same businesses that kind of do those things. So in terms of like, you know, the EOS people out there to think about getting the right person in the right seat. Um, So I I just wanted to point out, I think it's hard for people to, to see it. Um, And I think it's hard for people to think about um, allowing other people in to partner with them on this asset, on this baby, on this business with these clients that they've had. And so look, the consulting thing for me, it, it sort of gets you six months into now we could have a conversation where you can't tell me X, y, and Z. I know what's going on, right? Um, it's real. We're only could talk truth and you know there's no smoke and mirrors. Um, I think at that point, what we find is there's either something that's mutual, there's a real connection, it's something authentic and and, and it's a it's a shared vision in terms of where we we collectively, think there's opportunities where we want to go. Do we have shared vision on an exit? How is it going to work? We're having these conversations during the entire consulting process, a little bit here, a little bit there, mostly led by me. I'm cultivating that stuff and seeing if people could think differently about how they want to take their business to the next level. And, and if it's a good fit, then we'll, we'll, you know, look, a clean way to do things are, we, we'll come in and we'll stroke a check and. It'll be our own money and, you know, we'll, we'll come in in a way that sort of makes sense. Or maybe we've identified a business opportunity around a business. This asset management is a good example. That doesn't even exist in your practice today. So why don't we launch that? We'll partner on that. You're not doing that on your own, realistically. And so, you know, maybe that's a way for us to sort of take things further down the road and, and create equity value. But ultimately, listen, we, we need... You know we're we, we can't be smart and dumb at the same time. And so you know we we have to create. We know that this game is about really sort of equitized value, um, multiple expansion. We see what's going on in the wealth management space, like all of the financial advisors do. And the the idea that someone pretty smart is going to come in day to day, block and tackle, and create value for you, and not participate in that. Well, then that person's not as smart if they're willing to do that as you think they are. Um, and they're probably not the right person for, for you to work with. If someone is the right person, then they're not going to do that. Um, and so somehow there's got to be a way to create real partnership. And look, John, I know you've done that with your practice over the last couple of years. And people that I, I think you see as as real value, you look to find a way to you know help them find partnership, um, and not you know vendor client kind of relationship. The vendor client relationship thing I think has gone stale couldn't couldn't agree more
1: Uh, 100% Um, and I think Shenandoah you might have wanted to ask a question here too so I know we're getting you know three four minutes before wrapping here so I'll throw it over to you Shenandoah
0: yeah no I just wanted to kind of point out and summarize from both of what y'all are here have said and kind of what I'm hearing as well is definitely there's a lot of mechanisms Um, there is a, a person who is ripe to make this growth jump and to be able to do those things. And what I'm hearing from both y'all is that definitely they need to have a mindset shift before they can take advantage of any of these mechanisms uh, of resources like you being able to let people in and build that trust enough to let people in, let go enough to let people in. That was kind of what I was hearing is that might be the first step. And I know, John, you're always kind of like that. You said that the who not the how, but it's also what got you here won't get you there and you have to rethink about, okay, if I really am serious about growing, not only does the business have to look differently, but I have to look different. My role in the firm needs to look different. How I think about the business looks different. How I show up in the business looks different. And uh, that's something uh, that they kind of have to have a conversation with themselves first. Uh, I like that you take that consulting approach to build that trust, but it's still something that has to happen on their end first before they can take advantage of, of any of these growth mechanisms.
1: Yeah, no, well said, Shenandoah. And I would say, um, as we kind of wrap things up here, um, and we'll give you, Manella the last word, if you have any closing remarks, we want you to share where people can find you and All that kind of good stuff. But, um, you know, I I would just look at it and say, you know, my, I kind of feel like my favorite thing to do and where I spend a lot of my time, energy, reading, learning, brain picking, whatever you want to call it, um, is around being a better CEO, right? And looking for kind of strategic, efficient, opportunities to take better advantage of what I've already built. That's really kind of how I think. And with all sincerity, uh, Manel and I have done some work together over the years, um, but probably more importantly, I think we've both helped each other as kind of sounding boards of just thinking through, um, you know, my perspective as a day-to-day advisor, doing it every day uh, and Jonathan's perspective of helping businesses grow uh, primarily inorganically, right? Over the years and uh, organically of late as well. I, I don't think I know, uh, I might almost say anyone uh, who's got a better mind for this stuff and who can actually take something that's super big picture and wide, right? And go make it really small and narrow and go a mile deep, right? So. Um, and, I, and I sincerely mean that, and I don't say that because you were on uh, you know, on my, uh, my, my little show here today, uh, but I think you're one of the best executors. And I think for advisors out there that are serious about growth, that really, really want to do it and want uh, someone who can be a who and that can kind of do it in a partnership type methodology where both parties win um, and there's a fair... Uh, you know, kind of valuation of what each party brings to the table. Uh, I think uh, Jonathan it, it is one of the best I've ever met, if not the best in the industry. That's my last compliment to you, buddy. I said yeah. it, it's out that's there. Totally, the that,
2: that was unbelievable. I gotta listen to the other podcast to confirm right. that you're saying that about everybody.
1: Might, might be time for a mic drop. So Manila, anything in wrapping up here and then Shenandoah will take us away. Anything we didn't ask you that you would have liked us to, and then maybe you can just share where people can find you, website, email address. Uh, however, the best way to to find Edge and uh, and your team.
2: Yeah. So look, I, I I'd say I've one thing um, that I've been thinking about as as we're sitting here talking to to wrap up with, you know, a lot of advisors over the years, you know, they they sort of have led with, you know, well, you know, I'm looking to do this, I don't need to do this as sort of like a, a talking point. You know, I don't. Well, let's talk about it. You know, I, I don't need to do this. Well, you know, look, I think we're getting to a place where we're, we couldn't be more excited about the industry and the direction the industry is going over the next five to 10 years. We, and I think part of that is because I feel like we've built Um, a platform and a business and we've got good people around us that we we can add value. I I think that's part of the excitement and the enthusiasm um, that we're feeling. But I also think we're going to shift over the next five years from a place where a firm is going to think about wanting to grow opportunistically and they're going to need to do it defensively. And what I mean by that is There are too many businesses in the industry today, whether it's bigger firms or bigger RIAs that are bringing such a broad scope of services to the end client that, and, and They're educating the end client and technology is making it so easy for that prospect that you're talking to, to understand what else is out there. That if you are not expanding, scaling, growing, and bringing real thought leadership and differentiated intellectual capital into your business today, you will not be in business in five to 10 years. And I don't believe that anyone could have said that a decade ago. I think you almost could have just coasted as a financial advisor without really sort of investing in your business and just did your planning and did your portfolio management and no one was really the wiser. Um, I think that's gonna change over the next five years for sure over the next 10.
1: Completely agree. No, no doubt about it. I think um, our crystal balls are pointing in the, in the same direction.
0: No, absolutely. Yes. I, go ahead.
2: I was going to say. And then, you know, if people want to find us where, um, I think I mentioned we're based in, in Connecticut. We're in Westport. Um, I live here in Westport. The, the offices are, we've got mostly a, a Connecticut sort of Metro New York based team. Um, they could find us through the website, edgepartner.com. Um, people could feel free to just reach out to me direct 203-769-7250.
0: Great. And I'll put all that information in the show notes. And I just want to reiterate that you, Like ended us on a really important note there that the industry is growing. There's a lot of opportunity, but it's changing and uh, you can't coast anymore. You need to start being intentional and driven with how you're handling things if you want to continue to be competitive in the near future. So Thank you so much for joining us. What an exciting interview. I look forward to the comments from our listeners. If you have not subscribed already, make sure you subscribe. If you know of someone that would make a great guest for the show, be sure to submit them as well. And look for us next week for another great interview. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find the episode show notes and subscribe for updates by visiting cuttenconsultinggroup.com forward slash podcast. Make sure to subscribe and download the episodes on your favorite podcast app and we'll see you next week.